0: Uh, today's stuff is Kuf Aleph, 111, and we will, God willing, begin the uh, last and final parak That's a little redundant today. Okay, we pick up on um, Kuf Yud Amadbet, though, and um, and we pick up uh, by the two dots, about 20 lines from the top. Play Rafa. Kohanim. So we're dealing again with the old case about gezel Hager and swearing, and the Gemara had a whole question about like, that the principle that is returned is required to allow for the bringing of the asham. In a normal case, when it wasn't a gezel hager, it was a Shrua, and you bring an asham, then you need to give the principle back, but the principle doesn't before you can get the kapara, but the principle doesn't have a status, a korban-like status. Here we have seen that it has a korban-like status in the sense that uh, it has to be returned during the day, it has to be returned the full amount, Um, um, it can't, when the Kohanim take it, they can't uh, sort of combine it with other monies and divide it. Each, uh, each unit that was returned has to be divided equally. So we're giving the money here a whole stat, a whole korban like status. Um, okay, so now the Gemara continues. You the guys like, listen, you know, I can't do it all. I paid an installment. Here's the Kohanim. So it's, no, I mean, that's the point. It's not just, it's not just reimbursement. By Rava, so Rava asks, yeah. Kohanim begins a Hageer, I'm a couple so now we've established that it's like a korban, but now we want to know what somewhat is the kohanim's sort of you know monetary rights to it. Um, now again, to repeat what we said the other day, which is that um, is that uh, because it has this korban like um, uh, because it has this korban like status and only a korban like status, if the guy died, the guy who required the kapara, the yerushim can keep it. The kohanim don't have some monetary right to it when it is not necessary as kapara. So if the guy is dead and it's not necessary as kapara, the kohanim can't claim it. Okay, that was what our mission said. But when, what if it is necessary as kapara and the guy is alive and he gives it to the kohanim <coughs> Do they get it as a gift? Or do they get it as if they are the heirs of the geir? They become his appointed heirs. And again, I want to reiterate, that it's not, that's only when it is doing the function of kapara. They are not his assigned heirs from a monetary perspective, but when it's doing the function of kapara, are they there as receivers of it, like they would receive any korban? Or are they there as his appointed heirs? So the Gemara says, L'may um, okay. naftamina, what difference does it make? Kigon, here's a naftanina Shagazuch hamit shavala pesach. <laughs> Stole Khummets from the gear that Avra Love and the guy swore about it so then they, what you would give back would be the same thing you would give back to the guy himself so since the guy himself you would give back the Khamid Shavala pesachim, though it's worthless you can give it back to them okay but that's if it's seen as give to them when you are doing it as an act of Kabbalah give to them as if they are the gear okay then you would give it to them even though it's worthless the Iyamart but if it's like some different. Track that the Torah sets up. Not give to them as if they were the gear But now you must pay the kohanim what you stole. So if that's true, uh, then. Uh, so it says you should be notain. Give. Give something of value. You're not giving them anything. It's just worthless. So it's not seen as give to them as if they are the gear and as if you're giving back to the gear No. It would be a different track. It would be give to them the value of what you stole. So if that's true, you can't just give them this worthless comment. Isn't there a list of what Manos Kamina are? Well, we're going to get to that, actually. Good that you mentioned that. So, Ravzei boy Hach, Ravzei has <laughs> the following way. A feeling, Pim Salomar, Mekabli Matanahav. He says, No, that's not an Askamina. Even if you say they're receiving a gift, how The question about Hamish Shavala Pesach is not a question. That is the gift that the Torah says you give them. Meaning, the Torah says you give them what you would have given the ger. So if you would have given the gear, Hamish Shavala Pesach, if that could have counted, because that's what you stole from him, that you can give them. So it's not a question of what you give. You always give what you would have given the gear. The question is in what capacity do they receive it? Okay? So, Ella. So, what would be the gear So, basically, here is what happened: you, the kohen, you, this some guy stole. I don't know, uh-huh. ten thousand. You have to steal a lot because uh-huh. <laughs> because you know it's divided equally by the kohanim, and you have to have a small mishmar, okay? But a guy stole one hundred thousand uh, sheep, and gave as and gave it back to all the kohanim, and each one of them got ten of them, okay? So. If you got 10 sheep as a Yerusha, you have to be Mafrish Meister Behema. Exactly. But it because then you're like a continuation of the Either person that you received it from. Either. Right. priest. Uh, right, I know that's funny, but you do have to bring it and you yeah. bring it as a corp whatever. If you if you buy 10 sheep in the marketplace, you know if you're given 10 sheep as a gift, then it you don't have to give Meister Behema. So which is it? Okay? Mikhayev afil Meister Olo or not? Yershimavudal or the they mar konu Bias, chayavim, that if an estate buys sheep you know um acquires uh sheep re- not, wait. 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 does did the gary give the masa Vahima, presumably No.
1: Presumably. what
0: i don't understand
1: no well why words, if i you say if I buy in the marketplace, i don't have to be mountain fish masvena
0: right so
1: but these were in the gear's possession. Then, then someone
0: stole it. From right. Him. So why would we assume the gear took my for of well, Why would we assume he didn't? I don't know.
1: mean like this whole
0: thing could have been like two days later, right? Uh, okay, but so what's I the case been, that he? I, I, I'm okay, it's the case that he didn't. Why do you have to make it a case that he did? Are saying we know that he didn't? Yeah. Oh. All right. So anyway, so okay, um, so if somebody ref- so if somebody inherited um, sheep, okay, You have to be mafish meiser behemoth because the basic point is it is that the original owner is mafish meiser behemoth um and um and therefore um if you go inherit you're a continuation of the original owner and therefore you have to be Moshe Behemot odiamam kabrimotaros or maybe no it's like you are just getting a gift okay. If somebody purchases sheep or it gets it as a gift, talk to me, you're exempt. So when you get this, are you getting this as heirs of the gear and a continuation of the gear's ownership? And you have to be Mafish to Behima are you getting this as some new gift? So my, what's the halocha? Tashma, come in here. So as Michael anticipated, let's look at the list of what's considered matnas kahuna. Verba kahuna of Twenty four Gifts of Kuna were given to Aaron and his children, um, as sons. Uh, Bekula nitnu Bechlau Prat, Oklau. All were given to Prat, Oklau, meaning when the Torah introduces them, it says, uh, Rashi quotes it, um, Bechol b'nei Yisrael lechhanisatim nisatim le'mashcha. Okay, this is at the end of a karach, to all the, uh, sanctities of nature, I have given them to you for, like, uh, for, 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 status, for, for greatness. Okay, and then it lists all of them, and then it says at the end, um, Bechol chumas kadashim. Okay, so it sort of lists them, it says a general statement, it lists them, and it says a general at the end. So these 24 are included in that sort of big general list. Ubrit melach, and it says at the end that this is like a covenant of salt, meaning an eternal covenant. Kolah makaimam, anybody who fulfills them, presumably meaning the one who gives them, kilah makaim k'al praduklal, it's like you fulfilled all of them. Ubrit melach, and this eternal covenant. Kola overalim, and if you transgress giving any one of them, kilo overal al k'al it's like you had transgressed in totality and in particular Ubrit Melech the Elohim these are they be mikdash 10 that apply in the base of Mikdash the Arba of Yerushalayim 10 in Yerushalayim that they can only be eaten in Yerushalayim be B'Gvulim and 10 in all places in Israel Eser 10 in the Mikdash chatas Behema the Chathas Ha'of okay so the, the the animals meaning the sheep and the cows the Chathas of an oath, because they again in these things they eat the meat the Ashem vadai, an Ashem that is brought for a definite sin one of the cases would be what we're talking about, asham Gzalos, there's also me'ila, there's other ashamot, asham toloi, which is brought for a doubtful sin, a sin that if you knew about it for sure, you'd bring a chatas, or up to four, the, the communal shlamim, you almost never have communal shlamim, you have it by the two lambs, you bring on shavuot, they eat the meat, okay, but they only eat the meat, normally a shlamim is eaten only all Yerushalayim, but a communal shlamim is katsheh and eaten only in the base of niktosh. that's five, the log Sheminsho Mitsorah, the log of the oil of a Mitsorah that's used in his Korban that he brings when he finishes his his his, his you know, his purification um, process, that's also only eaten in the Azara, that's six what's left over from the Omer which is a type of a Mincha so really it's true about all Minchas but the Omer is a communal one so we're going to okay so we're going to list it separately so what's left over from the Omer Mincha that's seven they eat the two loaves that are brought with on Shavuot that's eight yeah essentially yes the panim and the bread that is sort of that they eat once a week that's put on the table that's nine. The shirei minachot and what's left over from any mincha minchas kach that is ten. The arbev yushalayim four yushalayim. The last four could have been one. Ah, yeah. If you if yes, but we ten four and ten is an easy way to remember. Four and yushalayim habchoh which is Bukhor, okay, firstborn of animals. Bikurin, okay, which is the firstborn fruit, this week's Parsha. Firstborn. First fruit. The, Hamura um, minatoda, the, uh, part that they get from a Toda Korban, which is one of each of the sets of, of the four sets of loaves. Plus they get, you know, the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, Zroah, not the Zroa, the, what do you call it, the, uh, the Chazay and the shok. The breast and the thigh, okay, which is what they get from all Shlamim, So this, we're sort of toda here includes Shlamim, okay. So that's uh, they could have listed it separately, but for whatever reason they do they want the twenty four number, okay. So that's three. Um, the el nazir and the ram of a nazir, which is um, also a type of a you know Shlamim, So these are again why they call that mm-hmm. why they list that separately. Um, the el, nazir? Uh, the of el nazir, excuse me, thank you. Right, we're combining that toda and el nazir and all of Shlomim, okay, so they get their portion of the shlamim. we're counting that as one, the Oros kadashim and the skin of the Kobanot, even of the kachek kachim. like if you get an Ola or something, so you can use the leather, okay, but that you don't, are not limited to using it um, in the Azarah, okay, so that is four. Um, interesting though, go go, go ahead and wa- use it for shoes and then walk outside of Yuri Shalayim with it, uh, apparently. Um, Okay, so um, so those that's the four, um, and now we get what are the other ten? The asara bigvulin and ten that apply in all places. Um, hold on, I just want to check Rashi one thing. Yeah. No, I, I wanted to check Rashi, because it's not true that you can't take the ore outside of Yerushalayim, right? That'd be very bizarre. If you take a look at Rashi, four lines down in the wide lines, Rashi says like this, beginning of the lines, Why do you cancel the, the skin of the kachim in the things that are in Yerushalayim? Does that mean you can't, if you make leather out of, you know, the skin of the ola, you can't go ahead and bring it out of Yerushalayim? He does, says no. To tell you that it's not, included in things outside of the base of Mikdash. It means not that it can't be bro- I mean outside of time Not that it can't be brought outside of Yerushalayim, but to tell you the following. They're given to them in Yerushalayim. But it's not counted as the things that are in the base of Mikdash. The only things that if you were to bring them out of the base of Mikdash, they would become invalid. So in a way, Rashi is saying here, when it says the skin is given in Yerushalayim, it's really capturing this weird middle status of the leather. On the one hand, you give it as part of a korban, so it's brought in the Beis Mikdash. On the other hand, the Kohen can now use it and bring it anywhere. Okay, so you don't want to call say that it's something that applies out in Gvulin, because it only comes to the Kohen through a korban. But you don't want to call it something that's in the Mikdash, because it's not limited to being used in the base of Mikdash. So saying Yerushalayim is a way of capturing the idea that it's given as a korban in Yerushalayim, part of a korban in the base of Mikdash, but it's not limited to the base of in principle, yes, you can wear your leather shoes outside of your shalayim. Yes, Charles. Whereas
1: we'll get the Truman, Colin, things like that, and those can be given to any kohen anywhere.
0: Exactly. Okay, so those are the four that are that are the asar digvulin and tend that apply in, the, you know, in all places um, or all places in Eretz Yisrael Truma, right, the first of the grain the, the tenths of the tenths that the levy gets the chala, the separating of the chala the reishis, the first of the shearing and the what's called the gifts which is what we refer to Israel, the the and the keiva the uh, parts of the animal that are given to a koan when you shecht an animal haben, um, the money given for Pidyon haben, and the sheep given when you, as a, when you redeem a, a, a donkey um, and the field of inheritance right, where somebody sanctifies his field of inheritance and he doesn't redeem it or whatever, somebody buys it, it goes to the Kohanim we mentioned that the other day, haramim similarly if somebody is machrim another way of sanctifying his field gezo and money from the gear that goes to the Kohanim, okay now, so very good, these are in the things now it is interesting that kersov hagair is mentioned as something big vulin. because you remember before the gemara says you couldn't give it balayla and you couldn't give it le right and all these things that make it like a korban now it didn't explicitly say you couldn't give it it didn't say you couldn't give it outside of the beis hamikdash but it consistently talks about giving it to the mishmar of kohanim right? we had a little discussion of could you give it to the mishmar that's coming up when it's not that mishmar now where does the act of giving it have to take place the fact that it says your vuvin is strange so you look at Tosos, oh, look at Tosos. You, 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 you became higher outside. Right. Right, but like I don't know. A lot of korbanot, you did your sin outside.
1: Well, then you may think, oh, if I stole from gear, losing in Jerusalem, I am hire. You know,
0: I understand, but why? But, but 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 I'm saying you did a sin outside of Jerusalem, and you've the korban is still. Look at Tosu. So Gesel Lagair. Tosu says Tema I may choshev Gesel Lagair. May asar b'gvurin. The chayech the rabbe hichziru belailo chatzaim lo yotza. The Ashem kaiyachmana. Hachanami hichzir lo yotza. Kedin Ashem. Right. He says, where do you give the Gesel Right. Can you give it out? If you give it outside, the base of mikdash outside of Yerushalayim then why can't you give it at night and to what degree is the act of giving the gezel HaGer like the act of bringing a Korban right so it's a really good question why it's counted in Yerushalayim Rashi says look at Rashi four lines on the bottom end of the line the Nami She Matanas Kvulin Tosaf says, "Yeah, you could give it, okay, but Rashi says you have to give it to the kohen of the mishmar that's working, okay." So according to Rashi, he's trying to deal with Tosaf's problem, but he says, "Okay, well, if you're a kohen and your mishmar is working this week, this this week, and you happen to have stayed home for whatever reason, okay, I can give it to you outside of your shalayim, but it still counts as a korban because it's your group of kohanim that are working this week. Then you'd have to inform them and split it with them, I guess." very strange that we're treating the money to be Korban-like, and in all these ways, and we haven't really clarified where that act of giving has to take place. One minute, let's just finish what the gemara is doing with this and then I'll take your question. So anyway, we're back to our question. When they are receiving it, are they receiving it as a gift, or are they receiving it as if they are the heirs of the gear And the Nafti was with Meister Behemoth. So the gemara says, it's called Matana. it a gift, like everything else is a gift, like it came to you new. Not like it's some continuation of somebody else's ownership. You see, like all other things, they are, as I say, are receiving gifts, which makes sense, because since again, as we said, if the guy is dead, you don't owe the money to, the, 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 the Ghana, the, whatever, the Gazan is dead, the kids don't have to give the money to the Kohanim, they fundamentally don't have monetary rights, they fundamentally, it's only obligation, is that as an asham, that is a type of a korban, that is for kapara? So therefore, when they're receiving it, they're not receiving it as heirs of the Geir. they're receiving it just as they would receive anything that would be given to the kohanim. Yes, Michael, question. people
1: are alive, whether I spoke from, um, you know, non geir or ger, you don't have to worry about any of this line stuff, right? So there's only this one case. Right, oh. this is
0: the only one the kohanim are taking the place of the Geir. That's what I said at the beginning, that otherwise, giving back the money... It's a prerequisite to bringing the Asham, but it itself is not considered like a korban, a kapara, and so on. It's a prerequisite. This act that it has a korban-like status, you're know, giving it to the colony, is only by gezel hager. Yes, Charlie. Some of that
1: list applies only within. And this last list applies only within. It, it says from some them apply everywhere.
0: That is correct. Gvul and sometimes. I'm sort of not specific in terms of that, yes,
1: I think something so basic, I mean clarified, like let's say i give you fi- i give you five sheep on your fiftieth birthday, okay? yeah gift. Yeah. So then it becomes part of your general flock.
0: I don't think Meister Behemoth from it. Meister Behemoth is only the animals that are born to my flock. They're not just any. And that's why it's any of, of every ten new animals that are born to my flock each year. So if I buy them, they're not animals that were born okay. to my flock. So
1: That's really interesting. So then another way of conceptualizing Yerusha is, is the way it's born into my James
0: flock. What? These question. are weather alerts? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's phone. Yes, go ahead. Another.
1: Another way of conceptualizing a Yerusha is that it's
0: born into my flock Right, a Yerusha is a continuation of the previous ownership. So if none, though, let me be clear: if somebody's father had 100 sheep and he was to them, he does not give ten meister behemoths If if somebody's father had ten sheep born to him that year, and then the father dies, and then the person inherits it, then he gives. Well, okay? Only we he, he didn't.
1: Yeah, right. That's what I was trying to clarify before. Yeah.
0: Things that a person gets in Yerusha are not like they were born to his flock. So he gets on Yerusha, he takes the place of the person who 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 died, who never, bequeathed it to that him.
1: Person's, like, the was, by that person's
0: obligation was? That would by like be his life, obligation. I don't know. I don't have to do it. Correct. Right? Yeah. Okay. Let's go. On. Well, yeah. All right. So let's continue. Um, all right. So we say like this. Um, now, um, I just want to see something. Right. Okay, so um ne- continuing. Nelson is a case of unchanging schmark. So, moving on into Mishnah. The money was given to the people of the Mishmar, and, um, and then it says, and then the guy died. The, go- the Gosling died. Okay, so remember, if the Gosling died before anything was given over, the Urshim keep the money, because the, Ur- the money is like part of the Kapara. And if he's dead, you no longer do Kapara for him after he's dead. Let's say he gave, and we just told the whole thing established that it was like a Matana. They, the economy do not have any monetary rights to that money. So, they gave the money, though, and then the guy died. So, the Mishnah says, the Urshim can't say, well look, he's not getting his kapara anyway, give us back the rest of his money. Give, give us back his money, they're not allowed to say that. So what can we infer from this? Why, right? So, I mean, why is that true? He didn't get to finish his kapara. So, Amar Bayabai says, Shmami Kesef mechaper mechza. You see from the Mishnah that the money achieves a partial sense of atonement. Right? the mechaper, if it did nothing by itself, if it only achieved atonement together with the asham, so, mechaper, have yorshim. So then the yorshim would have a right to say give it back. Our father is dead. <laughs> The money is, was there as a kapara. He's not going to achieve the kapara. Give it back to us, okay? So my time, they did not give it with that in mind. Ella, what the heck is going on today? Okay, they didn't give it to him with with the understanding. It wasn't just stama matani. Here's a gift. No, they gave it in the, with the understanding that it should achieve atonement. It should function as kapara. So if it didn't in the end function as Kapara, they should have a right to demand it back. So therefore, the fact that they can't demand it back shows that we say that it did achieve some partial kapara. That's a buy's argument. Okay, but now the Gemara is going to challenge the assumption of his argument. You or Baiz are assuming that if somebody gives something without explicitly stipulating the conditions under which it's given, that they can basically, you know, negate the 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 gift or the sale based on well, I never intended that. Okay, so this is a really important. question question. This is a question about how much an unarticulated assumption can be used to, you know, negate, to void a transaction. Okay, big mean is about this for, like, aguna questions. Okay, in this, in this condition, I never would have agreed, etc. Okay, so let's take a look. Elameata says, okay, we understand where you are coming from Abayi, that for you it's important to say that it was a partial kapara, they would have a right, but let's challenge that question. Can you really say, hey, I didn't expect this, give it back to me. Elameata if that's true, let's say I sanctify an animal, as somebody, Yubu and sanctifies an animal as a chattas, and then he dies. So what's the halacha? The chatas has to be let to die because the owner has died so why don't you say oh no he never sanctified it assuming he would die so let it no longer let it become desanctified he never separated off as a korban, thinking he would die if that had, if that thing had happened in the future that he hadn't anticipated now if we're gonna let the future thing say oh had I been thinking of that future event I never if I would have known it would have happened I wouldn't have done it so if that's true let it not be a chatas. So the command says, I mean no in theory, right? But <laughs> that's a halacha. Misina, a azla, that it dies. So in theory, it's a good argument. You know, it really probably shouldn't be kadosh. But that's just that's the halacha there. Okay, let's go on again. If you're going to say that had something happened in the future, I never would have. I never would have done this, and we should use that to redefine what I did. How about in Asham? There the halacha is that if the owners die, you wait to redeem it, and you transfer the money onto to an, onto, a, like, onto an ola, why? Why not there? Let's say that it's not sanctified. He never would have redeemed it, assuming he was going to die. He never would have sanctified it, assuming he was die. to die to He didn't. He didn't separate it, thinking he was going to die, or had he known he was going to die, he wouldn't have separated it. So the muss says no. Ashem no, nami it's also a halacha, a tradition. Okay. Shabu bchatas meita anything that had it been a chatas you'd let die. an until it gets a blemish. So in principle, you're right. They shouldn't be. But that's the halacha. Ela meata. Okay, let's deal another case. What well, you can't say it's a halacha lemosh. You see, and I. Yevama shenafu l'isne mukashkin. A woman's husband dies, and the brother. Turns out to be a degenerate. Actually, here it did not say degenerate. Here it says the woman's mother turns out to be somebody afflicted with, uh, you know, whatever. What's it? uh, uh, Boils and pus and whatever. Disgusting, you know, repulsive person. So, she should be able to, uh, you know, to to be uh, to just not walk away. She wouldn't even require chalitza, uh, especially if it's hard to get chalitza. She never would have agreed to marry her husband had. Had she known that the, what do you call it, you know, had she known that uh, that the husband would die and that the brother would turn out to be this disgusting guy. So had she been able to anticipate all this future, which was completely unforeseeable at the time, okay, she never would have done it. So if you can say that we can use that to retroactively redefine her God. And if she didn't, I mean, what does that mean? Like, let's say she didn't know, then the, we'll be okay? I mean, okay, it's, maybe. It's okay, anyway. okay, maybe, but she, well, she didn't know the husband would die and who would die first. So had we say that we can, if you say, if you had looked into the future, you would Seen this, you never would have done it now. If that's a good basis, so then uh, she should not be now considered married to her husband and not require you understand why this could be very relevant for discussions of Aguna. Okay,
1: Uh, (laughs) had I
0: been had I known that my husband would have withheld the gas, I never would have you know agreed to marry him in the first place. Okay, says. No, there we know that even had she been able to anticipate that, she still would have wanted to have been married to her husband now, for the time being, even knowing what was... um, even on what, what was coming up in the future, okay, or what might come up in the future, okay. as Rashi says. Okay. Right? He says, It is better to sit two together than to sit as a widow or to sit alone. So, this is the Gemara's assumption, right, that women are willing, uh, like, to agree to be married under, you know, it's much higher threshold need to assume that a woman wouldn't have wanted to be married, which, as you can imagine, creates a lot of challenges, again, in this sort of aguna sphere. But here, the Gemara says that at least without these exceptions, the commercial seems to say in principle, you could say, had I been able to anticipate this would have happened in the future, I never would have bought it. So the question is like, really? Like, what's the extent of that? Like, why don't I say from Michael, Mike, I bought Michael's nice iPhone. there. I'm always buying the iPhone. And then it slips out of my hand and it breaks or whatever. And I say, had I known that would have happened, I never would have bought it. Now, maybe that it was my fault. Okay, but let's say I buy a, you know, I buy, I buy a, a car from Michael and, I, 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 I buy a Samsung right and then it blows up and it turns out it was a defect that wasn't his fault wasn't my fault had I known about it Or I buy a car from Michael and I get it checked out Michael didn't deceive me or anything like that but then you know even if you get it checked out sometimes a month later you know the carburetor blows out I know that I never would have bought it so no no sale is ever final so it's crazy Tosha says that's why All these cases, Tosa says, are primarily um, unilateral. Now, Corbin is clearly unilateral. There's not another side that has to, because normally we say, if it's not an articulated condition, it doesn't matter what's in my head. So the Cogsian cases are clearly unilateral. How about the Kiddushin case? So Tosa says, "Ah, the Kiddushin case is unilateral in the sense that the husband's already dead. So to sort of say, in this condition, I never would have married my husband, he's no longer as a side in the conversation, because he's dead. You're only getting out of the marriage to the husband in order to free you from the brother-in-law right so in that type of a case the ability to claim I never would have agreed under these circumstances when you're not really hurting or impacting the other side of the transaction there is no other side in this case because the husband is said there you might have more latitude okay and in the case of the Kohanim presumably the giving of the gift if you're just a passive receiver of a gift that is seen and you're not exchanging it for anything that's seen as more unilateral so this raises the idea that dvarim dvarim, what you're thinking isn't relevant to what you theoretically would have been thinking here you're not even thinking it it's only had I been able to think about the possibility what, what I would have thought now anyway so it says we're only considering that here in some things that are more unilateral which again means it has much less use in thinking about kedushin cases the final thing I want to say about this I mean this is a huge idea that are in these three lines but the final thing I want to say about this is is that I don't understand the comparison to a Bice case at all all these cases you had fundamentally a transaction and then you had some external consideration sanctifying something as a chathas oh how had he known he would have died um, marrying this guy had he known the husband would have died da da, da. but the fundamental act was an act of kidusha of, of, of being maktish something or of kidushin the fundamental act was exactly what it was defined to be right in this case okay when the guy gives this thing as a, kap- as a kapara he's not giving it as a gift he's giving it as a korban he's giving it as a Kapara, okay? So it wasn't a gift. So it was a gift. So why does the courting say we have rights to it? You don't have rights to it. It was given to you as a kapara. And it no longer, fun- it didn't, and assuming that it doesn't function until the asham is brought, right? That's Abayi's argument. And the usham is not being brought because the guy is dead. Then it stops being what it was given to you as. It's not some external reason to negate it, right? It was only given in the context of a kapara and it never in the end, it's like, I don't know, I gave a down payment, okay? And then in the end, I didn't go through with the transaction. I get my down payment back. You don't say, oh, well, that's trying to use your DAS, had you known. No, it was given in the context of a down payment. So if the, if the transaction didn't complete, why don't I get it back? I don't really understand the parallel that Gamar is making from a buyer's case to these cases. What did you want to say, Jenna?
1: I mean I guess it just depends how connected it is with caution right but like is it that it's the first step or, not, or is it a separate thing that you're giving? well you
0: that's know? what Abai says Abai says I'm going to prove that it does something by itself because if it didn't do something by itself you'd be entitled to get it back and the Gemara says why would you be entitled to get it back that's just some das that you have unarticulated yeah,
1: no one ever argues with
0: no the Gemara is arguing the Gemara is saying that we don't buy your argument It's meaning the Gemara's pushback is saying even if it doesn't do something by itself it's not so clear that your das, unarticulated das, should sort of allow you to reclaim it. Right? That was the commercial challenge of Abaye. And my point is, this is not just some unarticulated das. This is the whole context in which it's being given. It's, you, you, you got it. What you basically said back to me was exactly Abaye's point. But the Gemerge's pushing back against Abaye. The says, maybe not. Maybe they're entitled to it even if it didn't achieve anything because it was, you know, just they gave him a gift. They can't ask for it back. Or he can't ask for it back. And so why not? It why not? It wasn't given as a gift, it was given as a couple so, I don't exactly get the gemara's pushback, but anyway, very important gemara in terms of this question about to what degree might future issues, like and you could say a date is a low, in that condition, I never would have, and so on. That logic,
1: does that logic follow all of the dar?
0: Uh, I mean there is an issue about Data. dharma is yeah, or much more sort of unilateral so and so on. That
1: concept that right been right motivated.
0: one place that this comes up by the way is a case where and where you don't can't say like Tavlamit of Tantum is that a guy turns out to be abusive and that becomes, like, clear, like, right after, you know, very soon after the marriage, okay? So, if it's, you know, so, you know, there... So, anyway, there are times where you could sort of say, had, he, had I known, had he, so and so on, I never would have, right? But, anyway, but there could also be a case where something is being hidden at the time of the transaction itself. All right, anyway, let's continue. Okay, is a Nuzanazakethethly Yehoyorov. So, now the Mishnah goes on and says, if the mission was given, yarav is the first Mishmar and then it was the Asham was given to the Mishmar that follows, that's fine, the kesef has to be given first. Because the order was reversed, you were not yield the Asham if it was offered before the money was given. So, Tana Rabbanon, a rabbi, sorry. Asham liho the liyadaya, uh, so that's the case that the Asham was given first, and then the money was given to the next Mishmar. Ket etzel Asham, so the money goes back to the Asham. Now, of course, that means, that's funny, the money was given to the following Mishmar, but obviously the scenario must be, it's still the first mishmars week you gave it in advance Because how are you going to get the money back if you know if it's already the next week that somebody I met, I'm remembering that the New York Times many years ago ran an article about how bad the signage is in New York and somebody wrote a letter and said sounds the best or the worst example that they remember is that they were once driving like down the highway and they saw a sign that said exit out use use exit three miles back so- <laughs> so anyway so if so if it's already the next week you can't give the money back to the previous week right they've already done they've left alright anyway so presumably you gave the money in advance to the next to the next mishmar and then it says no then give it back to the current mishmar because the money has to come first that's what Rebbe Yehuda says no the asham goes to the next mishmar okay so um so, Presumably, the Mechashem has not been slaughtered yet. Obviously, then it would be possible. Hey, what's the case? You gave the Ashem to Mishmar number one when it was its week. Mishmarto, the the and gave the money to Mishmar number two in its week. It's too late. Each one gets its own, which doesn't mean that the asham was good, but it basically means that you know, as, you know, uh, you understand the. Uh, Saying that if they haven't been makriiv yet the Asham, they left their week without being makriiv with the Asham, let them give the Asham to number two but you don't understand how Reb Yehuda would say if, if if number week's week is over give the money back to guys, guys number one they're already out of here you know how what, what sense does that make so Allah said where are you talking about the usham yarov the it's week number one you gave the Asham to group number one the kesav the and you gave the money to y- to yaday a week in advance, okay, while it was still week number one. Now, so what do you do now? So, you have to have the money first, but the money was already given to group number two. Since it was not group number two's week, the Yadaya can see is the one that has to make the sacrifice, excuse upon that has to give up what they've got. They have to give their money back to group number one. Give the money to group number one. Group number one will take the money, and then they'll be able to bring the Asham. For Slavi and the Rabbis hold Shalok Adin Huavud V'nei Yehud No, group number one did the wrong thing. Because why? The Kilo Asha Mik even though it was their week, they're not supposed to agree to accept the sacrifice before they've been given the money. hilkach therefore, because they, they did the wrong thing by accepting a sacrifice without the money coming first. Kilo Kach, we find them. The where they're told, don't bring the Korban, give it to group number two, and let group number two bring it Next week, okay. Tanya, we're talking to Bryce. I'm a Rebbe. Zebi said, "According to Rebbe Yehuda, that says the group number two has to give the money back to group number one if it's still group number one's week." In kizmu b'nei Yehor Yara asham. If group number one jumped ahead and brought and, and, and brought the asham, then the guys to bring another asham because there was an asham brought before the money was given. Vi Akrivu Yodaya, and group number two will bring the asham because the money was given to group number two. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's a good point. Presumably, the owner. I mean, that gets to a whole general what question. What owner? Uh, the Goslin. The Goslin. Yeah, the, the Goslin gets to a whole general problem that when Kohani make mistakes, it's the owners who pay. Okay, but anyway, that's a whole separate or question. The yeah. Okay, and the, they, group number one, so the Corbin was no good, so the Corbin is now going to be brought by group number two, but group number one at least gets to keep the Asham that they already brought. So, what does that mean? The Gemara says what do you mean group number one keeps the asham it's invalid so it was brought before the money so Amareva, wrote, okay they can't eat the meat but they can eat the, they can use the skin they can use the leather all right so presumably that sounds like a corban puzzle you can still use the leather and Tosos challenges that because elsewhere it seems yeah, exactly. like you can't use the leather of a corban puzzle and Tosos really leaves it as a question I would suggest you know it's a funny type of a soul here a normal is the blood was spilled the animal had a blood you know, with Kegel, okay. There is an intrinsic problem in the animal itself. Here, the animal is one hundred percent kosher. It's just that it didn't achieve kapara because it preceded the it preceded the money. Okay, so that type of upsul that is a type of psul that's chutz legufo intrinsically it's a kosher korban, but it did not achieve kapara for the owners. Right there, you know what it would be like. It would be like, let's say, somebody was a korban shaloli shmo. Okay, if you if you bring a korban shaloli shmo, the korban is kosher, but the bialim don't get kapara. Okay, so there, of, you know, you could go ahead and benefit with the leather. The point is, it's not totally it's like that because if I if I shuck a korban shaloli shmo, I still get to eat the meat. Okay, here a, it seems to say you don't get to eat, eat the meat. if the only thing they get is the leather. So it's this weird type of a middle status where it's not an intrinsic tool so they still get to eat the leather but it's not a completely you know sort of external problem and they can't eat the meat of the Korban so it's a strange issue that Tosos asks about yes is there, is there a, would you say is
1: there a religious idea behind the fact that the Kapara is upon the giving of the money first Like you
0: have to be yeah careful. we mentioned that it's like the classic exactly it's like the classic thing that we say yes. in Mesecha's Yoma you know you can't ask forgiveness from God before you are Meratzis like so yes dead in this whole I know it's funny Dr. Kumar never said that explicitly, but right, don't start bringing your korban to God until you've made restitution, yes. right. Okay, so the money says like this, um, okay, uh, oh, 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 tiny. We're talking another price now. I'm a rabbi. Lediva Rabbi Yehuda, coin Yehuda that says the money goes back to group number one. In um, If the asham is around, then it, then it follows the money. follow the money. So the gemara says one minute. That's not that's that's the rabbis. That's the rabbanon. That's not Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda is the one that says the money goes to where the asham is. So the gemara says No, No, no. Here's the case. To go into to Yehoi Group number one had the asham. Group number two had the money. And group number one never brought the asham, And their week is over. Okay? So they still have this little uh, animal with them. What are they going to do with it? So, okay. The low tohu. And they never said to group number two, give us the money. We, 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 demand, we, get, we have rights to the money. So this is teaching us they essentially are mochel their rights to the money, and in that case, their week is over, and they never ask for the money from Group Number Two. They give the animal, they give the animal the usham over to Group Number Two to be for them to be it. Now, and I have a couple of questions about this. Number one, even if they did demand the money, okay, if Group Number Two never handed it over, okay, I've, you know, um, then what are you supposed to do then? Wait a year till it's Group Number One's turn again to bring it? Like you know, the korban will probably be puzzled anyway because the you know an expiration, I mean in the sense that the animals can't be, you know, have to be a certain age. Um, so I, I like, well, actually it's not true though, because it's, it's a, a half, you know, it's 24 meters road, so you'll, you'll only have to wait a half year. But even so, the animals still might be too old. So like, I don't get it. I, even if they did demand it, I'm not sure what options you have. But the other question I've got is a general issue, which is, if it was my week to bring a cord bun, and we didn't bring this animal, like, you know, it was a big backup. We had 20 animals that were given to us, or 2,000 animals, some we didn't bring. Presumably, the normal standard op- procedure is you hand it over to the next mishmar and they bring it you know the, during their week right so this is just like so wouldn't this be the normal thing we had an asham to bring we didn't have a chance to bring it you give it over to the next group you know and so it is funny that it uses this phrase of like they were mohel their right to the money like uh, it's just they didn't bring the korban during their week so i don't know yes
1: so it's uh,
0: Maybe it means yes. that... Maybe maybe the Havamina is... Oh, here could be the Havamina. The Havamina is that group number two should give the money to group number one, yes. and then group number two would bring the Korban. Yes. Ah, that would be yes. the thing. Yes. If group number one had the rights to the money, yes. then maybe they could keep their rights to the money, even as group number two is going to bring the Korban. Okay. Yeah. So, I just of
1: thought of this. What, yeah, hundred animals. Just,
0: excuse me. To me, they
1: all look the Right. That's
0: system of markers like this one's birthday is next year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a good question i don't know i, I don't know i know. i thought you were going to say a system of markers so they knew which is a hotness which is an ola uh, right had all
1: these things, okay. yeah i don't know
0: that's a good we question they have to you know they got to get one of those like scanners in there and they yeah, tag right. them
1: <laughs>
0: exactly <laughs> that would make it much better all right good very good moving on okay yeah, random, that'd be a all right moving on okay um okay okay Tani Yehuda the I'm a rebbe. rebbe Huda, according to Rebbe Yehuda, who says the money goes to the yasham. In kim asham, isho, a if the yasham is still around, the money goes after the yasham. Pshita, of course. Achisle. That's exactly Rebbe Yehuda's position. What's what are you telling us? No. How am I speaking? We're talking about That group number one and group number two's weeks are over, and nobody brought the korban. Okay, v'lo tavu, and nobody uh, demanded their rights from the other one. Group number one never said us the money and when group number two was you know it was their week they never said to group number one give us the usham so in that case Gabi Hadadi, that everybody was sort of mochal to everybody else which basically means I guess what it would mean would be group number two would keep their money and then when it swung around again for group number one they would bring the usham and then the usham would be coming after the money you understand because right the usham was given to group number one but it wasn't brought as a korban the money was given to group number Number 2 so then assuming that like all you know everybody is mochel everybody you know you keep yours we keep ours then when it swings around 24 weeks from now number one is makrivit the ashram is being brought as a korban being offered on the misbeach after the money was being given again I don't understand why you're entitled to do that I would think you would just have to give the korban to the next week and let them bring it but anyway kamash anyway, this teaches us that we don't say that since no ch- side made demands of the other side it goes back to the normal halacha which is that the money follows the korban so group number two gives the money to group number one and I guess they wait 24 weeks to bring it again I don't know because there's a 24 week cycle of the mishmarot so I, like, I don't get it you're allowed to hold on to an animal that was given to your mishmar to wait to bring it or is it just that group number two gives the money to group number one and the korban is brought by group number three you know I don't know very strange Can you even take
1: a uh, a cut-shake column outside once it's...
0: Yeah, before it's shafted, you can. Yeah, yeah. They bring all their animals. You think
1: they're bringing all the animals with them when they go back home? No, that
0: would make no yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I, I, the whole idea that you can like wait and hold—I don't get it exactly. Oh, that's true. You could wait till the regel, so <laughs> and then bring it. Then maybe I don't know. Very strange.
1: All right. When they took the nishmaro, the nishmar is walking to
0: Jerusalem from where they live. Yeah, right. The mamadot are following them. No, the mamadot are stay the Mamadot stay no, there are Jews that are the Israel that stay in the base of Miksa's to represent the Jew, uh, the Jewish community, but the Mamadot are in um, are in, in the individual cities not the cunning did not come from all over the country many sort of stayed in where they were right, right? I mean you have too many people working in the base mix okay but they sort of yeah but anyway but they had their whole niche, their old mishmer system in the cities as well we're not going to deal with that okay so maybe if you bring the gazelle you have to bring the money before the Asham, and not the reverse. Minan imili. What do you know? This I'm Amar Rav David Makarov. Hasham Mushav la Hashem la Kohain. The Asham, which here he says means the money that is returned to God, goes to the Kohain. Milvad in addition to El Hakipurim Hashirah Perbo Alav. The ram of atonement that he will be atoned for. So Michlal the Kesef You see, first it's the money, but and then it mentions the, the ram of atonement, the Asham. Amar Umi on the Rabbis. So one of the Rabbis said to Ravah El Miata Milvado Lata it says by the Musaf that you bring the Musaf other, you know in addition to the morning cor- uh, Ola so does that mean that the Musaf comes first and then the morning Ola so should you read because it says in addition to that means the second the thing mentioned afterwards comes second how do you know nothing comes before the morning sacrifice you bring on it you know the Ola the morning sacrifice. The morning sacrifice is the thing that starts the day. So, ha- so just because it says milvad doesn't mean that that thing comes next. So, Amarava, So, um, vamarava, Ha'ola, ha'ola. We show na ha'ola means the first ola. The, the ola of tummy. That is always the first thing. So, amale. He said back to him. I'm not just saying because it says milvad. Milvad doesn't mean the thing said next is comes second. I'm talking about the future tense in addition to the to the sacrifice which he will be atoned by so the sacrifice has yet to be brought okay so therefore it means you first give the money in addition to the sacrifice which will be brought to achieve atonement so that means the sacrifice comes after the money all right nothing so then it says okay the chomish is not so here's a parallel case, that if a person, you know, misappropriates hektish, they have to return the value, and they have to, have to bring and, uh, a fifth, and they have to bring a korban, just like this case. Okay, and it's also an asham. So how do you know if somebody brings the mi'ila, meaning the principle? And he does not bring the asham, or the korban without the money, he did not fulfill the obligation, he doesn't get atonement. He the not get atonement. The ram of Asham will be forgiven, and that's read as the ale is the korban, and the Asham here is read as the money. So, only with the korban and the money it's forgiven. How do you know, though, the money has to be first? This is by Me'ila, same as we said by Gezel Hager. The the ram of the asham, what allows it to be the ram of the asham, is that, again, the asham here means the money, is that the money preceded it. It's pretty funny. You could have said the order of the words means that the money comes next, even reading the word asham is the money. But no, what frames it as a for the, for the atonement is that the atonement money preceded it, it's the grammar of it. It's a I understand I understand yeah, yeah. maybe the fifth is ma'akev. no it's only the el and the asham that are required that, that, that prevent you from being atoned and not the fifth And we'll learn hektish from Hedyot, meaning hektish is me'ilah, Hedyot is Gezel Hager. It's both korbanot that you're bringing, but the sin was a sin against hektish as opposed to a sin against the commoner. And Hedyot me'hektish. Hektish Hektish me'hegyot, what do we learn to me'ilah from the case of Gezel Hager? Ma'asham the hazam karen how do we know the word asham in the pasuk by me'ilah meant the principle? Because it was clear by the Gezel Hager. By the Gezel Hager it says, Ha'asham milvad el akipurim. purim. It was clear that the word asham didn't mean the korban, because it says, you return the asham in addition to the ram. Okay, so it's very clear in the gezel ager that the word asham did not mean korban, the word asham meant the principle. So the same way we see there that asham meant principle, af asham and even by me'ila it's less clear, but we're going to assert that the word asham by me'ila means principle. So had and then we learn the gezel ager from the me'ila case. in the same way we learned the El hasham v'nislach that the homish is not necessary, I mean, it's, rec- it's, it's, it's it doesn't prevent one from being atoned, so afhed yotnami in chomesh maake. same by deval ager, although there's an obligation of Chomesh, it does not present atonement. Chal donalach ha'agozo so, hates him. So now we are done with that and we have five minutes to begin the next parak. So yes. So
1: you think the
0: last line means, essentially, is not maake yurkabar. is not ma'ake correct, I mean in this case at least. Okay, last parak returns us to classic babakama issues, I mean yes, here it was here about stealing, but then it was a lot about this special case of swearing and the special korban, and the asham, etc. This sort of evokes more similar to the beginning of the ninth parak. Remember, the beginning of the ninth parak focused on shinoi, right? In a way, you know, the seventh parak introduced all these ideas, Shinoi, Shino Rishus, Shinoi Masa, etc. And the beginning of the ninth parak, with a heavy emphasis on Shinoi Masa, changing, physically changing of the object. This parak is going to focus us a little bit more on the Shino Rishus aspects, the changing of possession and again, under what circumstances a Gazan pays or not or gives back the object or not. Let's take a look. Let's get started. Somebody steals, we're back to Gzela, okay, and he feeds his kids. You know, that's why he stole never He couldn't put food on the table. He went to the supermarket. He stole the food. He fed it to his kids. And now we're going to read this. Or, they didn't eat it and he stole and the money was left over after he died. Petrumi you was know, they don't have to reimburse. Now that's a big shocker. If, you, if the principal is still physically around the object that was stolen why is it that they would not have to give it back to the original owner? Okay? It's one thing if it no longer exists Okay? But we'll see about the new Gemara. If it is something that has liens on it, they have to pay. What? It sounds like if he stole something that has liens on it. Well, the only thing that has liens on it is like land. How do you steal land? Maybe slaves. So why well, don't get it? Like it's a very strange Mishnah. Why do you not have to pay back if it's around? And why do you have to pay back if the thing has liens on it? So we're going to see there's going to be two very different reads of this Mishnah. Let's take a look at the Gemara. Amr of if somebody stole something and the owners have not given up hope and then somebody I stole something from Joe here and then Charlie came and I stole like Joe's apple and then Charlie came and he ate it so Ratsami Zegov Zeg over. Joe can collect from me I'm a goslin and he can collect from Charlie Charlie's also a goslin or a mazik now the first thing I would want to know would be whether Charlie knew that it was stolen or not right I mean can he be sued as a goslin even though it is true that he just ate something that wasn't his he took something from Joe but if he had rights to assume it was mine you know yeah. he's like yeah, he, yeah uh, in a case where he ate it with my permission, and he honestly believed it was mine, it's you know one would imagine that he that one would think he should be Potter. Okay, that's not being explicated with Rav Chizda, Okay, so let's that Charlie was aware that it was stolen. Make it easier. So now Joe can collect either from me or from Charlie. Okay, I'm a goslin and Charlie's a goslin. Okay, My taima, kol yashu as long as Joe hasn't given the hope of getting it back, it's like that Joe I'm weaving you into this narrative. But the shoe say Kai, it's still under his control. So when Charlie ate it, he was also stealing from Joe. Okay? Okay, it's none. Now, it's on to mission. Hagoza Somebody steals and he feeds eats his kids and then he dies the kids are exempt why are the kids exempt? they ate the food that they that belonged to this other guy okay so this is a contradiction to Rav um, we'll say back to you, No, nope. the Mishnah is talking about l'acha yeyush. Now, why does laacha matter? So you could say it's an idea of a shinu rashus. Ruvein steals, and he gives it to his kids, and they eat it. So that's a ye'ush, and now the kids are separate rashus. It's like it changed hands, and now the kids own it, and therefore that's why it's different. Okay, this is going to be the question that we're going to get into a minute, whether rashus yorish is kirsus and somebody gives it to his kids. Okay, he either bequeaths it to his kids. He dies, or he actually gives it to his kids. You know, while he's alive, he puts it on the table. Are they seen as a separate domain? Do they take possession? Would you say yes and she if somebody gave it to his kids? So Tosu says we're going to get to that in a minute. But I just want to lay out that Tosu says within this read of the Mishnah, you don't have to assert that. All you have to assert is is that once Joe's control of the object has weakened, because it's after Ye-ish, right? You remember from all the stuff we've learned earlier, already once it's stolen from him, his control over it is weakened. He can't sell it. The Gosling can't sell it. Neither have full ownership or control. Now, not only is it not out of his physical control, he's given up hope of getting it back, Okay, to the point that if a, a really third party would come and take it, they'd be able to keep it. So if a third party could take it and keep it, then even if the kids are not considered a third party, but Joe can't collect from them for being a mazik or for being a godlin, since the object is basically waiting for somebody to come and take it. I'll give you an example. Let's say you had a lost object on the street and you were getting it back and I could pick it up and take it. But rather than picking up and take it, I stomped on it and I broke it. Can you collect from me? You're a mazik. At that moment, it was still mine. You hadn't taken possession of it. The prancer would be probably, no. At that state where your ownership is so weakened, how can you collect from me? So what Rehiz is saying is, is that our Mishnah is after Yehosh. After Yehosh, the kids eat it, they can't, you can't collect from the kids. Uh, but that's also why, and he, uh, okay, so that's how he reads the Mishnah. Um, how you read, we're going to now read the rest of the Mishnah, we'll have to wait for tomorrow. So, Dove, I'm giving you <laughs> a little bit of a challenge to take over. I'm not going to be here tomorrow. Uh, but it is going to be a little bit tricky, two different ways of reading this Mishnah. Uh, we will continue with this tomorrow. That's your Yeah.